Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Yeah, I'm Flint Dilly, and you're listening to uh, Knowing is Half the Podcast. I mean, it's really Knowing is Half the Battle, and I, I don't know why they put this pod. We didn't have podcasts in the 80s. I, I, don't, I don't know what they're doing with that. But anyway, they, that's what you're listening to. He never gives up. He'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. Knowing is half the podcast is what we're doing. And don't be stewing on not hearing us because we're here right now. <laughs> I am Ray Stacanis. I'm Robert June. I'm Gina Blito. And we are talking about an episode called Million Dollar Medic. Wow, guys. I, I'm really sad about this episode because uh, a lifeline ends up getting knocked out and he turns into a quadriplegic. What? And then uh, he doesn't want to live anymore. No, that's, he tries that's, to convince. That's a different million dollars. Tries to convince uh, the crazy chairman, Dirty Harry, to kill him. <laughs> the crazy chairman, Dirty Harry. <laughs> I am forever referring to Clint Eastwood. <laughs> As Famed the crazy chairman, Dirty Harry. Great actor and director, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Politics aside, a very impressive individual. Yeah, he has now yeah. been reduced to crazy chairman. He deserves it Dirty for his Harry. politics. He deserves it for his politics. That's rough. Like I would, I, I would, uh, I would do that for um, Mel Gibson because I feel like uh, his 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 directorial work is. Um, Not as good as Clint Eastwood. It is I used singular. to love Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty great. And we found out he was a huge a-hole. He did some uh, things, yeah. But at least, like Clint Eastwood, like he's made some real corkers. What like, would Unforgiven, you... one of the best westerns ever made. What would you... Uh, what would you... Ma- I mean, Mad Max? Mad Max is a wonderful movie, but he's just the actor in it. Yeah. yeah, it's not yeah. his entire vision. I mean, I don't know. What would you? What would you? If you were like me and frequently forget names, how would you refer to Mel Gibson? <laughs> Mel Gibson is the guy behind Apocalypto. Obviously, that's that's what you call. I would probably call him like a uh, crazy I mean, Jesus movie. Yeah, Passion of the, the Christ. Uh, he does apparently. Yeah. yeah. Also, though, Braveheart, <laughs> Lethal Weapon. Braveheart. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like Apocalypto, is still his best movie. I think we can all agree. Hey guys, who wrote this episode of uh, a GI Joe? Uh, Jerry Conway and, and his Conway. lovely wife Carla Conway. So, what other episodes? I know I recognize the names. What other episodes have they done? 
They have also done because oh, oh, I started looking up uh, Mel Gibson. <laughs> I followed the rabbit, and it did not lead anywhere good. I just didn't uh, feel like that was going to lead anywhere good. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's he's been writing um, uh, for a long time, so he's got a, a crap ton of credits. Uh, as far as GI Joe goes, he also did Where the Reptiles Roam. Oh, okay, Jimmy, you like that one sort of, oh, except yeah. for all the animal violence that happens. <laughs> Spell of the Siren. Spell of the Siren. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the Lady Joe episode. Oh, oh yeah. right, right, with the, Wait, the yeah, Lady Cobra episode. Wah, 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 and all the dudes we're, are all like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, we, you like that one, all right. And uh, Cobra Claws are coming to town. Well, I love that episode, the Christmas episode. That is not a good episode. I like that episode Is that with Giant Polly? That's... Uh, yes, that is one with Giant Polly. Yeah, look who remembered no, that, this was time. that Greenhouse effect. <laughs> no, I think uh, it's Cobra Claws are coming yeah, to town. Yeah, because Cobra Claws are coming to town. They shrink all they the... They shrink them and then they yeah. grow them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I like But that was I like people like fighting people. the toys, and I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. He's, he's of course, best known for co-creating the Punisher. Oh, crap. In comic books. He was, he's, he was I didn't realize it was writer. that guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he yeah, must yeah, be yeah. old. So when, I love him. When has the Punisher saying. been around? <laughs> he came around in the 70s, I believe. Oh, okay. Uh, I love the Punisher. I'll say right now, my favorite superhero everything is absolutely Punisher. <laughs> because he's morally questionable? Yes. Just like you? Because uh, he he just he gets stuff done. Uh, I, I like the whole, I don't know, I like everything about the Punisher. I just think he's cool as F. Uh, it's sort of like a little kid explaining why he likes, you know, Ghost Rider. I can't necessarily quantify it. I just love it. Did you Did you watch Daredevil? Yes. And? It was okay. It was okay. I didn't, I would like my, my Punisher doing more Punisher-y things than being on trial and standing on a rooftop debating for two days. He was punishing a lot of people. He was Punisher just doing War it Zone, really is fast. That what you're Punisher War Zone is my favorite I mean, uh, uh, movie. Why did I? One of my favorite movies of all did, time. How did I know that? How did I know that? Based on the Gee, Garth how did Ennis I know comics. That? I mean, I feel like it's because Ray isn't very deep. Guys, well, you want to just stop the podcast and go watch <laughs> Punisher War Zone right now? Because I have it on DVD with me at all times. I always want to stop the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? So this episode opens with the Caribbean, and there's a yacht, and GI Joe's flying overhead. For why are they in the Caribbean in the first place? Do they were they do they know Cobra was there? Because it seems like they yeah just... they got intel. Okay. Oh yeah yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell if they knew or if they found out when they were there. Whole squad of night ravens and straddle vipers. Okay. I like calling them straddle vipers because straddle. I imagine they're uh, they've got like a the, you you put you've got the stick in between your legs. So yeah. You're straddling it. Oh, okay. No, I go with that. Uh, we get a really extended shot of a chick in a bikini sunbathing. Yeah. Mm. It's a little, I don't know, uncomfortable. I was glad it paid off, though. I thought she was going to be a rando. Yeah. Right. The The randos are a little bit problematic. But yeah, if we're if we're going to see see her, and, and she does a lot of jiggling in this episode. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, this breeze skin uh, being shown. And I tell you what. Uh, for a 12-year-old boy, boom, right in that sweet oh, spot yeah, that's of a- like, I don't know what's happening, but I like it. <laughs> this, the Lifeline Gets Laid episode is what this is, and this is one that I absolutely remember watching a million times when I was a kid, like, and not liking it very much, because, uh, oh, they're oh. icky girls, and I mean, I was like eight, you know, like, I would say that also in this, like, he, he doesn't see, it, it It reverses the uh, uh, typical narrative of like, oh, this chick doesn't seem that into it. And then at the end, she's like kind of into it. In this one, she just like fucking grabs him, starts making out. He's like, no, what? Oh, my God. Ah, stop sending me gifts. Stop doing this. And then at the end, he's like, yes, I'm, I'm returning your affections. I'm into it. I mean, to be fair, he is shown as the world's biggest pussy. Kind of. Uh, even though he's like, he's awesome. Like, he's yeah. the Joe we would want. <laughs> I mean. Right. Well, here, here's the thing. He's, uh, I think we probably mentioned this before. He's like uh, uh 
a vegan who does CrossFit. Right. Like, yeah. great. Love the love what you do. If you could just shut up about it. Yeah. You know, like every is- time you don't have to be all like. I'm let me tell you why I'm not going to do these things. Yeah, he is very Captain Buzzkill. Yeah. About everything. I I feel like he's like the type of guy that like when you're watching a movie and you're like all really enjoying it, he's like, "Oh, did you know they destroyed like uh, like a thousand trees to make this movie?" And then you're like, "Oh, I enjoy it slightly less now." And he's like, "Yeah, but aren't you glad you're aware?" And it's like, "No, no. I'm not." <laughs> he's the guy who comes to your Super Bowl party and doesn't like football and yeah. needs you to know he's only there for the snacks. And then, t- but then mm. tells you that about all the bad stuff that's in Chile. Yeah. <laughs> and chili, you mean both the country and you, the dish, Yeah, right? what are you putting in your chili, A, and B, I, I love grapes, and I like having them all year round, and if that's the price I have to pay is that uh, Chilean farmers are getting screwed on this deal, so be it. I don't want to pay more than three ninety nine a pound, Gina. Mm. I'm sorry. Um, well, the Night Ravens attack. G.I. Joe, a big air battle happens, and, and Duke, uh, I believe, calls out, let's do attack plan B, mm-hmm. which... Doesn't seem any different than any other attack plan. Yeah, I think it's when you uh, attack during unprotected sex. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and you and you're not sure if the attack is going to lead to a viable pregnancy. Here's the thing. (laughs) Well, election day is tomorrow. I believe attack plan B (laughs) is on the ballot as a proposition. Vote for it, guys. If you if you. If you accident, if your condom accidentally breaks during an attack, you need attack plan B. Attack plan B. I just don't like that. Oh, like, no. sure, it's like a, a quarterback. They've got we've got uh, plans A, B, C, D, E, and F, and we're going to execute one of these plans uh, based on you know the num- the amount of forces and all of that and the disposition of the forces. I okay. feel like as a writer, you should go with something that is not plan B or plan C. <laughs> Because those are the those are like common terms for like, oh god, everything's exploding all around us. Let's go to Plan B. Like, oh, call I get it, you. Okay, yeah, Attack Plan D or, or plan, oh, or even Attack Plan Beta. I was gonna say or Epsilon. Yeah, if they had just gone with the the Greek terminology, I would have been fine with it. As it was, yeah, Attack Plan B sounds weird. Sounds even weirder these days. And it didn't really seem like they did anything. <laughs> they just sort of like flew at them and shot them. Yep, same <laughs> I mean, that was the plan. <laughs> Scarlet's like. Hey, Duke, just remind me again. Plan B is the same as plan A, right? Yep. Here's <laughs> and plan C and D and E, right? Yep. Yep. As someone who just recently joined a flag football team oh. and told them Brag uh, about at, it my more, first, Gina. at my oh, first God. game. First the vegan thing. Oh, my God. And the CrossFit thing. Now the flag football Let me tell you what's in your chili, thing. guys. Uh, uh, I I do not know how to play football. I've never played before, but I enjoy playing sports. So I was like, yeah, let's do this. And then immediately they were like, all right, here are the runs. And everyone's going to play. The runs. You're already wrong. (laughs) You don't want to get those. They're not. Maybe because you ate the chili. Are they called plays? I believe they're called plays, Gina. (laughs) Whatever. And everyone was like, all right, I'm A, I'm B. And they had like little like like letters and and, like where everyone was going to read. They're pretty hardcore. Where everyone was going to run. And I didn't want to let them know like, hey, I have really bad eyesight, so I can't see. So I was just like, yup, I am on board with that. And then each time I'd be like, all right, I'm just going to run down and then go to the left or run down and then go to the right or run down and then curve. I just I I feel like this is I feel like everyone was like yep attack plan B we've all got it and no one wanted to be the one and there's well like, Bill Golden yeehaw <laughs> the fuck are you doing man where are you even coming you weren't even supposed to be here Wild Bill what is happening 
Gina's uh, the Wild Bill of Flag Football. Oh, I, guaranteed. I miss Wild Bill. <laughs> we haven't seen him in a few I episodes. No, I'm yeah. worried he OD'd. Oh, no. I was, uh, uh, later on in this episode, I was... Pining for Wild That's Bill? Uh, <laughs> well, no, I was, I was thinking like, oh, my God, this girl knows how to uh, fly a helicopter. Maybe she can replace Wild Bill. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. She's the worst. Well, let's see. So uh, there's a big battle. Life Flying t- goes out of his way to save a couple of Strato Vipers by throwing them some, uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, life, life preservers. Savers. Life mm-hmm. some certs. He sent mm-hmm. them. <laughs> there's a glistening drop of retsin on those. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Sorry, Ew. we were all watching a girl in a bikini. Oh, no. <laughs> well, and and, and, and uh, cross country, no. Lift ticket. Lift ticket says to him, like, what are you doing? And he's like, uh, they're human beings, and Wait, I'm here to is, save yeah. people. Is someone's name cross country? Yeah, he's the redneck guy who sits on top of the, the big brown trucky thing. And he's always doing long distance running? Yeah. He's always <laughs> he's always going the distance. He's going for speed. Wait a minute. Why did you just bring up a cake song? She's all alone. Cross country. All alone in a time of need. Because Ray has no idea what cross country is. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. You realize that song's about people driving around in a circle, right? Not it's not a cannonball run where they go from uh, coast to coast because he's going the distance. He's so the Crimson Twins show up. Yes, they do, and they go boom pretty quickly. You shoot one, the other one that like, crashes, and we see the the definite advantages of the Night Raven right now. Oh yeah, as as uh, Tomax is hurtling through the air, he just I'll just send the drone out. He'll land in the drone, and we're fine. There is no question. As a child, I would have spent all of the money. To get one of these night ravens, because they are so badass. They've they got look two, great. They've got two ships on them, and they look like the the SR seventy one Blackbirds, which, as we know, was the height of uh, tech chic back in the eighties. At some point in this episode, one of the twins makes the most hilarious face and sound, and I don't know if it's in this scene. I think that was it. And, and his face is just like, Ooh. and they do that like crazy yep. wiggle mouth that they always do. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> well, I was, the Night Raven to me is it's just it's black, it's streamlined. Like the Rattler was like a cool dark blue, but it was kind of based on like old World War II planes and that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. The Night Raven felt like this is like modern Call of Duty modern warfare. You oh, know, yeah. like this is this is the shit right here. And you get two ships for one, mm-hmm. so your homeboy can fly with you and do the mission mm-hmm. into it. Oh, but my ship's bigger than your ship. Because it's my Night Raven. (laughs) Um, Well, let's see. So they shoot it down, and and Tomax's uh, Night Raven crashes into a yacht. So this is a couple episodes in a row right now of an errant airplane crashing into somewhere that innocent people are. Yeah, Mm -hmm. those people are going to be like, we're just just stupid billionaires. We knew this was going to happen. No one loves us. They have the same attitude that the orphans did. (laughs) Everyone will help us. We're billionaires. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not that nobody's going to help them. They just already appreciate. <laughs> well, there's a line later where Bree says, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But she's just like, he's like, you can't just buy your way out of everything. And she's like, why not? Yeah. Daddy does. <laughs> and she's not wrong. No, no. Especially in 1986, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so um, Lifeline ends up kind of swimming down. And there's a great moment where they're hanging on the side of the yacht as it's like burning and sinking. Lifeline appears out of the water like a chud, <laughs> like creature from the Black Lagoon. They look at him. And do you have the sound pull for this? Because they just say, who are you? He doesn't respond. He just grabs their legs and yanks them down into the water. Uh-huh. And I think that's what Jason Voorhees does in Friday the 13th. <laughs> 
who are you and dot Blug. dot dot. <laughs> but she ends up being totally, she has decided at this moment, Lifeline has saved my life. Her life must be insanely boring, right? She's I like mean, bored she, rich girl. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Because she is immediately ready to bone right in front of her dad right there in the water. Yeah. It does sound like the dad is super protective, and it's possible that she does not get to see many dudes. Oh, I imagine uh, not. And, like, the first one she runs across is, mm-hmm. it, like, a GD hero. Yeah. I mean, legit hero. I mean, yeah. he's got to be. He's fit. He's mm-hmm. young-ish. Mm-hmm. He's built. He can be a figure. He's I don't know. He's got some real 80s hair once he pops off that helmet, yeah. I'll tell you oh, what. Oh, boy, he Ladies does. Ladies like that. Ooh. Ladies probably like that now, don't they? Ladies just like any hair. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Guys, Sorry. I'm glad I'm married already. Because <laughs> my hope was gone when I turned 21. <laughs> Um, so we find out that the guy's name is, he's Mr. Van Mark, uh-huh. and he owns, uh, he's a billionaire. Oh, I love this. I love what he owns. He owns a coconut milk bottling facility. Oh, oh. I a ho- I bottling ho- facility, not a canning facility. Nope. He was bottling coconut milk back in the 80s. Yeah. I, I love it. I feel like I feel like by now he's branched out. So if he's on our on our F. Mary kill list, you guys know who I'm marrying for the food. For the just to drink the coconut well, milk. Just, look, I can make so many curries. Well, she wants to uh she wants to thank Lifeline, Bree does, the mm-hmm. daughter. And she just comes as seductively as physically possible. This was the point where in all caps I was like so much jiggling. <laughs> Do not know how to feel about this as an adult. Well, every outfit she wears is like something that got like rejected from what's that movie with uh, uh, Reese Witherspoon? Sweet Home Alabama? No, not Sweet Home Alabama. The one where she's the rich girl who wears all pink. She they made a sequel. Pink Home Alabama. You guys are leaving me hanging out to dry right now, and I can't. Sweet Le- Home Pink? Legally Pink? Legally Blonde. Thank you very much. Dear Lord. We both knew what it was. I know you did. <laughs> I see you looking at each other like, we're just going to let you suffer. You're going to hang in this moment, and we're not letting you off the hook. <laughs> Thanks, jerks. <laughs> but yeah, she, she's she got, it's all like very short sundresses, mm-hmm. uh, wide open like 80s tops like Zorana would wear. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy all the outfits they put her in. And she's wearing a completely different outfit in every scene we see her. Oh, yeah. Of course. That is definitely a character choice. Oh, 100%. Like she has the wardrobe. And also, the, uh, no, I was about to say the animators fucking hated the writers for doing that. Like really? We can't just reuse the anime. You son of a- But on the other hand, it was like, all right, I want you to draw ginormous titties. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then uh, the next scene, we'll need you to do the same, only in a different outfit. Completely new ginormous titties. <laughs> and if you could put a little bit of that good donk donk <laughs> yeah. right down there, we'd appreciate that as well. Super thin waist and go. Because she's wearing almost a thong when we first meet her. Yep. Like thongs weren't quite a thing in the eighties. Like oh yeah, they were. They were, but they weren't as popular as they are. They now. were not uh, a thing that happened uh, that went without notice. Right. Like when it happened, I don't think they it's... go without notice now. But they're way more common now. If you go to the beach, though, aren't they? I mean, we need to remember in nineteen eighty five. The uh, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit uh, issue was still pornography the uh, for the vast majority of adolescent boys. Like that was the only time they could get their hands on uh, some sweet, sweet, uh, nearly naked chicks. Yeah, correct. And so that this this cartoon here was oh, it was giving it. It was yeah, it, it was, was giving it. 
That's it, for sure. You mean tiny boy boners? That that is correct. Uh, yep. Yeah, I can. I, I I can. I know why you watched it many many times, right? <laughs> Well, the thing, this is different because I think there were levels to it. Because when I first saw it, I didn't like her. I didn't really like this episode, but they would air it all the time because, like, they have the cool uniforms, they have the cool uh, equipment, and she's replacing it all with girl stuff. Mm. And so when I was, say, eight, nine years old, I was like, ah, a pink uh, uh, ambulances that happen later and solid gold. And, and his outfit changes from being, mm-hmm. like, the cool medic one uh, to being the director from that one episode. To being the director the from Lights, Camera, Cobra, yes. Mm-hmm. And and I just I did not like it. And then a couple of years went by, and the boners started happening. Uh-huh. If I would see this episode again, I'd be like, I want fuck that chick. And that's how you watch it now, too. Uh, yes. That is so correct. what you're saying is that basically this episode is like Moby Dick. You can <laughs> watch it over and over again, and there's so many levels. Based Every time you, you see something new, as yeah. you move along in your life, you find that you identify with different characters. Um, Great! Now Ray is never going to be able to hear "Call Me Ishmael" without popping a bony. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be, for the record, Gina, that was already the case. So <laughs> it's a sperm well, Gina. You tell me you think he doesn't have a, a glistening drop of retin every time he hears Melville's <laughs> Jesus name? Christ! Well, the Please. other thing about uh, Brie Van Mark is that she is really willing. She's down to bone pretty much every time we see her on this episode. I appreciate that she's ZTF and she makes no qualms about it. <laughs> she mm-hmm. does not. This is who I am. Yeah. I can do that. I am my own person. Yeah. That's how I choose to be. I dig it. Sexual freedom. Mm-hmm. Also, again, though, I, th- I think a lot of that is a, a, a repressive father. So yep. like, this is like... Oh, it's a go. lesson We've to dads. we got to go now, 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 now. It's a little mm-hmm. bit like the farmer's daughter quandary, yeah. Except for a billionaire, right? Can we get to the most important and most disturbing part of the episode, please? Um, <laughs> we'll get there. Because speaking of uh, down, you mean to when f- junkyard kisses lifeline? Yes. <laughs> when we haven't seen junkyard in episodes, and when he finally shows up, he's hurt. Well, guys, before we oh, get is there, that, are you there are so many things. Yes. Oh, yeah, no, he's injured. Lifeline <laughs> is saving his life. <laughs> Uh, I was like, why Why is Lifeline pushing away a beautiful girl and then Junkyard jumps all over and like slobbered all over? He's like, yeah, yeah, okay, you're in. I'm into this. Well, I just want to say before we get there, we have one scene that happens that I think is very important and must be mentioned. Speaking of down to fuck, and we haven't seen him in a while, Serpentor is in this episode mm-hmm. in an actual active role. Yeah, and, and yeah. people are acknowledging it as if. This is a regular thing. Yeah. Oh, what is Serpentor doing now? You mean like that he hasn't been doing for the past? We don't know. He, he's barely appeared. Yeah. He's been penciled into every episode and barely mentioned. They 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 took out a line that was originally in there about how he went on a walkabout to find himself. <laughs> and then he finally came back and he knows his purpose in life. And he's pissed off. He is so angry because they find out the primary mission was successful. They blew up the coconut milk bottling to mess with the Van Marks. Mm. And he doesn't care. He only Opens fire on them. Yep. There better not be a coconut milk shortage because of this. That's why I make my white jello shots every year. Oh, is that right? Yeah, you got to add coconut milk to that shit. Oh. I just learned something. This did, this did take place in 1986, Gina, so I think <laughs> we're safe. <laughs> yeah. Like any repercussions but- <laughs> from this from the loss of this factory have been taken care of. But we- what about all of 1987's 4th of July parties? What of them? How old were you in 1987? How many jello shots were you doing? She ain't going to say. All of them. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, here's the deal. Whatever storm, we weathered it. Mm-hmm. We're here now in a better place. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we are. Uh, but Baroness and the Crimson Twins have a plan. 
They have a very top secret. They won't tell us what the plan is. There, we have to get Van Mark to sell his stuff to Cobra. We'll find out later why. It's not for the coconut uh, milk distribution that Gina would have us believe. Uh-huh. Uh, but the Baroness and Twins have it. I just really want to reinforce that they have said they have a very good plan to make this sale happen. Mm-hmm. With ninja-like skills. Yes. I believe that plan involves <laughs> punching. It involves... Just punching show, the shit out of showing up everything, everybody. Now, like I'm we, not I'm not a millionaire business owner. I'm not a billionaire <laughs> business owner. But I do think that this is how they make deals. This is yeah. how deals happen? Yeah. Sell us your company, or we will keep punching you until you sell us your company. We learned the plan is they're literally just going to go to his house. Yeah. And threaten him. I, <laughs> That's the plan. I, I read the news. I have seen the term hostile takeover a lot. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now we know exactly what it is. It involves mm-hmm. chainsaws and doors. <laughs> uh, but Gina, let's talk about Junkyard. Because, yes, yes junk, Junkyard is injured. How did Junkyard get injured? Yeah, well, where the where the fuck was he? He hurt his paw. I, I don't know. I, I mean, he was somewhere on one of the helicopters, I assume. I Here's the deal. Here's my theory. He was playing flag football with Gina. <laughs> He ran the wrong oh, route, no. and Gina bowled him over. Oh, because <laughs> she the wasn't paying attention to the correct <laughs> yeah. plays. Not possible. I would rather I would rather throw myself in front of a bus than accidentally hurt a dog. Or it's possible that she ignored her play whatsoever and just ran after the dog. <laughs> this is more mm. feasible. And tackled him for hugs and injured his leg. Completely feasible. <laughs> <laughs> I just have written here, man, everybody's throwing their shit at Lifeline in this episode. This guy is a magnet for everything. Every species. Everyone wants to fuck Lifeline. Yeah, but and that's why he does it, I bet, because I would do a job if they were like, we can't pay you, but you do get dog kisses. (laughs) That's can you pay your rent with dog kisses? Is that uh... something? Oh, let me and my landlord work that out. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Wait, what's the exchange rate for dog people kisses? I feel like it's whatever Bitcoin is right now. I think that was the plot of a failed 90s sitcom from like 94. Uh-huh. I pay my rent in dog kisses. <laughs> Never really got past the pilot stage, unfortunately. It's also it's also the, the undertitle of a Creed song. <laughs> what? what? It's like the in, parent- in parentheses part. What is that called? It's like a subtext. Subtitle? Or, uh, subtweet. That's what I was Re- Retweet? <laughs> yeah, it's the retweet of a Creed title. <laughs> so it'd be like it'd be like Holy Land parentheses I getting them friend. sweet dog kisses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like, what's their what's their other what's their only song that I know? Can you take me higher? Is that them? Can you take me higher? It's the only one I know. Okay. <laughs> Can you take me higher in parentheses? I pay my rent in dog kisses. <laughs> Guys, if you're at home and you have a studio <laughs> and you want to make a song, and it really doesn't matter what the song's like genre is, what the name of the song is, as long as you make it parentheses, I pay my rent in dog kisses. And it's <laughs> to involved. a place where dog kisses are cool. Guys, if you're at home right now and you have the capability of just making us something something very small, we will play it on the air for the next No Year Joe. <laughs> I flat out guarantee it. We will play all your entries if you feel like doing it, because I really just want this to happen now. That's wonderful. Um, Brie has sent Lifeline a platinum Swiss army knife Uh engraved. Why? I would be like, if this wasn't engraved, I could sell it. 
So fuck you, lady. <laughs> wow. She's just she wants to get his attention and she's doing it through gifts. Is this not what dudes in the eighties would do to pursue ladies? They would buy them stuff and say, like, aren't I cool with you now? Right, right. No, I so get I that. tried in college. <laughs> but platinum I don't think platinum's a very good metal for uh Oh, it's very impractical, but like she cares about medium. I mean honestly I, I think we know uh what happens when you make a Swiss Army knife out of platinum. Uh, if you someone, sit on it, it will it? flatten. It will, yeah. it will flatten like fucking tinfoil. If you get in a fight, it will be destroyed. Well, then how come wedding ma- rings are sometimes made of platinum? Because their love is not that strong. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, just, I don't. I don't know. Hey, what what uh, truth, what metals your uh, wedding ring made out of, Ray? Uh, I honestly have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, my wedding ring was bought off of Amazon for like. Seventeen dollars. I didn't know they no. had Amazon back then. Back what, then? three years ago when I got married. <laughs> I just, How old do you think Ray is? Oh my goodness! I don't know, like fifty-eight. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Uh, uh, for f- the record, fifty-seven. <laughs> my ring, my ring also came from Amazon. Ten dollar. Yeah. Ten dollar. See, I went for the premium, uh, seventeen dollar version. Here's the thing: I'm going to get it engraved with like oh. some cool shit inside of it. Mm-hmm. So that's another ten dollars. So it's going to be a twenty dollar ring when it. all is said and done. Uh, mine actually is very loosely fitting, so it comes off all the time, especially if I'm washing my hands. So really, it's a minor miracle I haven't lost it yet. But my wife has told me if you lose it, we can just buy another for seventeen dollars yes, off indeed. of Amazon. That is the beautiful thing. You can just re- <laughs> click reorder. Yeah, that's the just yeah, it's just the best. This is why I can't can't get married though, because I can't have jewelry on me at first for long periods of time without it get, getting antsy. Mm. Get Nancy that you're going to lose it or you're no, going to accidentally like, pawn it off to buy like hamburgers? It's a weird foreign thing I'm not used to. You're not a jewelry person. You'll get used to it. Correct. Here's the deal. I also was the exact same way. I never wore like rings, necklaces, anything. Yeah. But then uh, his wife had him uh, wear that cock ring for like a long time. And it just, you just it get used to it. It cut off the flow to his cock. It fell yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's metal on the downstairs part. Guys, I had to perform. I don't know what you guys want from me. You got to use whatever methods are there. Now he's like a Star Fox. He's yep. Yep. All metal down below. Yep. That's why you'll never see me in shorts. <laughs> it's all metallic. Honestly, um, I can only see you from uh, the waist up, <laughs> and this is when I think of Ray Stacanus, I think of you here, sitting across from <laughs> me at the fair. table, with headphones on, That's, only the waist up. That is like 90% of our life interactions. Yeah. I, I feel like his ears are also probably metal by that, yeah. by that logic. Yeah, yeah. Anything we can't constantly see on Ray. Guys, for the metal. record, I had a giant metal gut put under this t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the record. I'm not really this fat. It's, a, it's an affectation. <laughs> Uh, also, oh uh, my image of Gina involves uh, a fork <laughs> at the end of her hand. That's true. <laughs> eating she, something. She had the fork surgically <laughs> attached. If there's mm-hmm. food on this table, it's going in my mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guys, that's not a false <laughs> statement out there. So we cut back to the, the big mansion. Uh, Lifeline's going to go return the platinum. And you don't just return it at Tiffany's where it came from. Mm-hmm. You return it to the person who sold it to you. Mm-hmm. So he goes to her house, which he somehow just knows where it is. But I guess, why I wouldn't mean, he? Like a really rich person, you'd know where they live. Also, I feel like she gave him her address, probably probably possibly her phone number, probably engraved possibly knife pictures, naked pictures of her. (laughs) Oh gosh! Um, And how old do we think she is? I was going to ask that question. I'm going to say I'm going to say the age that everyone thought was really sexy in the 80s was probably 22. 22. Okay. Uh, I feel like when did barely legal become a thing? Not because, that was that was later. That's why I'm saying okay. like in the eighties. Okay, so it was a little like, bit older. Yeah, sure, sure. Like uh, college age. 
college like, age. I feel like sorority uh, girls were definitely was definitely a thing. Um, this is why I'm saying 22 because I feel like uh, I feel like dudes want their chicks in in the 80s. They wanted them to be able to drink and do coke with them. Okay, yeah, and, yeah. The, and, and the have co- a little the coke bit of age is 22. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's the legal age for cocaine <laughs> in 1986. I still remember my 21st birthday. See, walking up to that bar, ordering, ordering a big glass of cocaine. Oh, Jesus. Uh, you know, I, I picture her as like 19. I feel like she's yeah. not wise to the ways of the world yet, but still definitely. I mean, obviously legal because that we don't want to get overly she has creepy. A helicopter pilot's license, which is why I'm saying 22. Okay, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. No, she knows how to fly a helicopter. Oh, that's a good point. I don't know that she has her license. Fair point. So rich people can do whatever they want. Lifeline mm-hmm. walks in to return the uh, the the Swiss Army knife, and there we have the twins. We have Xandar, Zarana, just like roughing up um, Owen Van Mark and Bree, and about to kidnap them because he just the plan was to go to his house, throw the contract at him, and say sign it or we'll beat you up. Yeah, that was the big plan. I think that's a pretty good plan. Is that a good plan? It's straightforward. Ooh. <laughs> I was when they said we have a plan. I was honestly thinking it was something to the effect of kidnap Bree, either uh, 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 use her as ransom or like replace her with the Baroness or Zorana or whoever, and like get into Owen's mind and get him to sell through deceit and deception. You know, this is a twenty-two minute episode, right? That's the other thing about it. Yes, that would take much longer than going to his house and punching him in the face. I will say though that there's no way this contract would hold out, hold up in a court of law. You wouldn't think so. You're like, how did you, what were the circumstances under which you made him sign this? Well, <laughs> we went to his house and we told him if he didn't sign it, we would punch him a lot. Uh, we were wearing trench coats at the time. We, we broke a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> well, uh, Lifeline, do you, do you have the line? Because uh, Bree's like, oh, thank God Lifeline's here. He's going to beat these guys up. And he goes, oh, Bree, <laughs> let me tell you about Bernie Sanders. I with you. Bree, I'm a medic. My job is healing. Then but can you have the next line? Because I love that line so much. Heal this, wimp. <laughs> and Heal he punches him right wimp. in the face. Yeah, yeah, he deserved that. He did. Yep. Yeah. He didn't even say, like, hey, guys, let's talk this out. I'm sure we can come to something amicable, do something like that, like d- employ one of his many alternate strategies. Anything. But no, he's like, no, I just need you all to know. <laughs> That I don't fight. He didn't even try the old, like, 80s nerd kid method of oh, lying wouldn't. and being like, I know, I know karate. Like, I'm thinking, I oh. can't remember what it is, but there's specifically something where. Yeah, I know kung fu. I could beat you up. Oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say, you wouldn't hit a guy with glasses. Yeah. Oh. Would you? <laughs> Not wrong. That would also, he, he basically, he should have just tried anything. He literally point. walks yeah. right in the front door of a crisis situation happening right in front of him. And his response is like. I am not going to help anyone here. Nope. He could have I'm offered someone. S- he could have offered someone a stick of gum. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Into but it. no, he's just gonna. Is it cool with you guys if I just sit back and judge you? <laughs> is that fine? Well, lift ticket shows up and has no problem punching people in the face. No, in fact, he gives the classic double punch. Oh, the double punch uh, to the twins, which, as we know, well, is the most powerful punch. Very strong. If also, you've ever tried to punch somebody mm-hmm. with both hands at the same time, yeah. or rather, two people. <laughs> Then you know that there is no better way to knock someone out. It's also a secret menu item at In-N-Out. That's correct. The double punch. Mm-hmm. You can order that with, with cheese yeah. and mm-hmm. animal style. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's I like want... a double punch to the kidneys. <laughs> I appreciate that when we go to escalate this fight, we get to punching a little throwing. They go to the wall of the living room where he has a morning star. 
and a weird ceremonial dagger just hanging on the wall. Yeah, we start out with the chainsaw, yes. which, like a Looney Tunes cartoon, starts <laughs> cutting through the foot-thick c- cement floor. Correct. Just tearing around, which, I mean, to be fair, that is a powerful buzzsaw. We've we've talked about it. We've seen it before. It, it is pretty mighty. Uh, so, sure. And it also moves on its own? Uh yeah, just, yeah, oh, it no, just, it just it whatever. pulls itself across the floor. Uh, yes, but that morning star <laughs> just smashed through a marble <laughs> load-bearing pillar yes. like it weren't nothing. How strong are these people? Because that's outrageous. That is a that is a lot to get through. And what I like about Owen Van Mark is, and and they save the day. Okay, so we're saved. Bree thanks Lifeline for saving the day because yep. she's just. She's got dick on the brain. I mean, she is not yeah. seeing anything rationally. She She's wants got that D. Med dick Although, on the brain. Oh, yeah, I was oh, guys, say. Gina, hold on. Oh, oh, oh. He, she's got med dick I, oh, on the I brain. It. I, it. I, I love it. it. I, I need it. this to be acknowledged. This will Hang be, in the moment. Uh, Steve Moulton, make us a meme. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, post it to the LA Underground Pun Network. <laughs> that was pretty fantastic. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. Now, back to G.I. Joe. But I appreciate the fact that she isn't just, like, jumping from one Joe to the next. Right. I was very concerned that that would be yeah. what happens. I oh. thought for sure she would, that the the double puncher would get her her loving. Mm-hmm. Guys, are we still... Uh, he definitely thought it was. He's like, hey, what's this all about? Like, yeah. I, I deserved, like, some of these boobies pressed up against my yeah. chest. Oh, yeah. Are we still going? I just thought we were going to walk off the <laughs> entire episode on med dick <laughs> on the brain. And I just, would. I would, but we owe it We owe it to the fans to continue. Uh, so uh, Cobra has now discovered the romance between the two of them, and they uh, and so Baroness says we know that Bree Van Mark and Lifeline are going to be boning, or they're into each other, or there's something going on there. Obvious next step: blowing up GI Joe headquarters. Obvious next step. <laughs> this is this is how Cobra thinks. This piece of information will Love. clearly lead us down the path. And you know what? They're not wrong. They're a hundred percent. They're not correct. wrong. <laughs> Baroness is the smartest person in the world. Yeah. 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 I in fact I I don't see this uh this uh operation as a failure the same way that Serpentor does. Yeah. Oh, no, not even a uh, little bit. They, they do some shit. They practically leveled uh G.I. Joe headquarters. Again, Serpentor's failures are basically just draws. Like he gets a lot of damage done along the way of quote unquote losing. I mean I will say the problem with Serpentor is he's always yelling. He's always making threats, and you know what? He can't back up a single one of them. Like, I will have you murdered for failing me, Tomax and Zamot. I'll see you here tomorrow, same time? Okay, cool. I think he's just, again, I think he's just mad because he's got to be so sweaty in that outfit. Like, I would be so mad. It's like constantly being a Disney character at at the park. And your balls have got to be so sweaty. But you only have to be in the character costume for like 45 minutes at a time. And then you get to go take a break. Is that a rule in Disney? Yeah. Uh, Also, I don't know if you noticed, but when he comes in, he's on his little flying thing. And he's like, you guys fucked up. He's really mad. I'm really mad at you right now. Got to go. 
and he finishes his sentences as he's leaving. <laughs> like, don't screw up again, or I'll, I gotta get this shit off me. <laughs> Just off camera is his handler. I, I, yeah, I think he he goes through a lot of baby powder, is what I think. I think to stay dry, he's constantly you know, powdering his nuts. It does make sense, because if you've looked at his flying vehicle with the snake head on it, there's a giant fan right underneath him blowing air up into that area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, all, it all, it seems like it makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you feel? Because Lifeline gets, he's wearing a new outfit, and he looks completely dopey. Yeah. yeah. Sh- how do you feel about Shipwreck bullying him about it, though? Because I was, I was torn about this. Because uh, he's right, but he's, he is mean. Uh, which, which part? I don't remember this part. Um, there's a great moment where uh, Lifeline still first comes in, and Shipwreck is busting his chops, and Mainframe... Oh, yeah, look yeah. what the cat dragged in, he says. Yeah, and then Mainframe drops a truth bomb right on his face right there. You should be... A- this is amazing to me that this is there. Mainframe says, uh, uh, you should be able to tell her you don't want the stuff she's sending you, and if your relationship is legit, that shouldn't affect your relationship. Mm-hmm. She should be into you anyway if you can be truthful with her. I feel like this dude's never been in a relationship before. He's banging Zorana. <laughs> of all people, the guy banging Zorana is telling him, be upfront <laughs> and truthful about everything. Nice. Yeah. 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 This is not... Uh, this is a house of lies. <laughs> G.I. Joe headquarters is just... No one's being honest with anybody. <laughs> but the the... But the advice is legit, though. Sure. If he himself took his own advice mm-hmm. with the master of disguise, Zorana, mm-hmm. to say. So then the pink ambulances show up, guys. Sure. And the pink ambulances show up. Why? Why? Okay. This is this is like she is very much like a young boy. Like she's like, <laughs> you know what? You know what she's really going to like? There's a bunch of X-Men comics. <laughs> she's going to love these. Because this is the episode where it's the first appearance of Rogue. So if I give that to her, she's definitely going to fall in love with me. Uh, pink Rolls Royce ambulances. Yeah. That's, and and uh, had we not already established, G.I. Joe is the best funded organization in the entire world. Right. Right behind Cobra. <laughs> behind Cobra. These people have so much money. They, ha- they crash their planes instead of landing them half the time. Mm-hmm. And she thinks that some pink ambulances are going to like get Lifeline's deal and yes. wait till he sees what's under this tarp. Mm-hmm. And G.I. Joe security is worse than Owen Van Mark security. Like uh, the fact that the Dreadnoughts are able to just walk into his house with no gates or guards or anything already offends me. These people roll right into G.I. Joe headquarters and she's like, it's cool. I'm rich. Yeah. And hot. And you hot. You forgot, and hot. and hot. That is important, because she is surrounded by Green Joes who are like, yeah. Oh, ready to oh, go. Oh, yeah. Yes, that made me uncomfortable. They're all <laughs> leering at her. And she's, like, sitting on, like, the hood, posing like a pinup model. Yeah, I don't feel bad, because I feel like she knows what she's doing. Yeah, she, she loves wants the attention. it. Yeah. She wants it. Oh, well, I geez, mean, she wants Gina. the attention. She wants the attention. She doesn't want all those Green Joe and, dicks. Yeah, the, the Green Joes are being respectful. I mean, they're leering, but, you know. They are, you know, give it up to our military, uh, generally speaking. I mean, uh, they they know how to act in the presence of a lady. I will say that. I've seen it in action before. They're very respectful out in public. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there aren't sometimes problems, but, yes, generally speaking, that's how they conduct themselves. <laughs> I give them credit. Um, <laughs> and then the bats show up. Boom. Mm-hmm. A mil, uh, like, uh, and we have the bat quandary here, <laughs> because uh, bats are crazy, and you could either one bat can murder five Joes, mm-hmm. or one Joe can murder Scarlet. In this one episode, murders, and I don't think I'm overstating it. Two million seven hundred thousand thirty-two yep. bats. I definitely scene. wrote down. Anytime a bat shows up, now I'm either 
Are these the monster bats yes. or are they the weak ass bats? <laughs> and in this case, it's the weak ass. The bats. weak ass bats show up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Scarlet, and it shows up in the credit sequence. She shoots seventy five yeah. bats at once. Yeah, she turns on her hair dryer, and the bats just melt. <laughs> basically, is what away. happened. These are the these are the shit bats. Um, and then there's a big fight scene that happens. There's yeah. an attack on Joe. Then Bates. Baroness rolls in and and regulates. She does. That's what she does. That's what she does. And like planes are going. Up. Joe Base is getting just leveled to the ground again. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the gates of the Joe Base area are just getting annihilated. So yes, the bats are fodder and they're getting murdered by droves. But the stuns are coming in and everybody's just blowing up everything. And I love it. I love mm-hmm. it when a Cobra plan actually works for a little bit. There's that moment of yeah, okay, they're formidable opponents. Mm-hmm. And then Bree pulls the tarp off. And then Bree pulls the tarp off. Did this remind anyone else of the scene <clears throat> in 30 Rock where Kenneth comes up with an idea for a, uh, uh, what's that suitcase full of money show that they used to have? Deal or No Deal. Deal or no yeah, deal. deal or No Deal. And Kenneth was like, I have a sh- an idea for a show. It's Deal or No Deal, except there's solid gold in one of the suitcases. <laughs> and so they think it's a great idea. And then and then when it comes time to actually have the show, mm-hmm. none of the models can lift. The, <laughs> they're all like struggling to hold it. And the other models are like perfectly fine with their empty suitcases. So everyone <laughs> guesses it correctly. And they're like, well, this was a terrible this disaster. A terrible idea. <laughs> 24 karat gold, even if it's just plating, uh, is a terrible idea. It's not good. Yeah. It is very heavy. And uh, and also soft. Yeah. But laser yep. proof. Guys, apparently sure. gold is laser proof. Okay. It is not anything proof. <laughs> if an old prospector can bite into it and see his tooth imprint, pretty sure that's crap's not laser proof. Um, we didn't say Bree was a scientist. <laughs> um, my first thought was seeing the thing is like, that would be way too heavy to fly. Practically, that is a terrible, terrible idea. Yep. Like, the rotors are gold. <laughs> like, every part mm-hmm. of it is gold. Mm-hmm. I want to know who sold it to her, though, because that guy was probably like, oh, man, do I, oh. do I tell her or do I take the, take no. the job? He, he delivered on a flatbed truck. He got paid, <laughs> and he went about the rest and of his he day. he retired. He's done. No returns, madam. Sorry. <laughs> I am in Fiji for the rest of my life. Well, I would say, um, uh, so she could fly it. Because Lifeline's like, don't you want me to fly? And she says, you know, uh, there's a lot you don't know about me. At this point, I put in all caps, take Wild Bill's place. I was so excited. And it only took about 12 seconds to be like, (laughs) oh. She gets it off the ground. And then because it's so heavy, she can't control it. So it's just wobbling all through the fight Mm -hmm. sequence. And okay, now Scarlet, they're trying to take off in the Strikers, And they're trying to go. And they crash it into the runway and Scarlet rams into uh, rams into him and the other two Joes immediately ram into Scarlet. I don't blame Bree for that. That's they were way too close. This is why when you go to the airport there's a good gap in between when the planes take off. Scarlet uh, is so pissed at this chick. The entire is, episode yes. she hates this chick. Yes, she's mm-hmm. at this point she's like you, you messed me up in battle you're done. Mm-hmm. And then we have a good philosophical argument, choppers versus jets. They say the choppers can't hang with the jets. They're jets, and the choppers are way less powerful than the jets. Here's the thing. Much like remote control, in the 80s, helicopters were the jam. Man, Airwolf, man. Magnum Airwolf, Blue Thunder. Blue Thunder. Like, uh, the, 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 like, choppers were unstoppable. Militarized helicopters were the best thing you could possibly have. So, yeah, I mean... 
get to it. I don't actually know if a chopper is better than a jet. I feel like in a situation I like this so. where you're circling around a military yeah. base, it, uh, a jet is not real useful. In th- well, a jet would be useful because you can do air. air they're more maneuverable. You could well, do I mean, air versus strikes. a helicopter. A helicopter is not as maneuverable. So you're kind of like stuck. You're going up. You're going down. You're going left. More and right. maneuverable because a jet. It's only going to go in one direction, and they can turn, but it well, takes them a while. They're no also way, not as... man. Have you ever seen those air shows with sweet, sweet jets? Yeah. They do all sorts of tricks. I'm like, a helicopter go up, down. It can turn on a dime. Uh, Yeah, but like you can easily shoot a helicopter pilot because there's no windows. And they're also not as fast. The jets are a lot uh-huh. faster and can get around. But because it's G.I. Joe magic, the choppers blow out all the jets. And Lifeline, the buzzkill that he is, yeah, man, it's great that we're not all dead if you're into violence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn it. Mm-hmm. Unless you want to you want to play it? It is a pretty good line. Yeah, if you're into violence. I mean, come on, oh, dude. And dude. she clearly is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do so the, the, the G.I. Joe wins the fight, you know, if you're into that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bree is is just she's realized all the mistakes she's made. She's mm-hmm. leveled Joe base through the her hubris. Mm-hmm. And she says, I am basically sick and tired of making terrible choices i'm gonna steal this helicopter with Uh lifeline hanging off the side of it see i couldn't tell if this was if this was a ploy though because he she starts out and is basically like oh i need to go kill myself i'm gonna kill myself and then he's like no where are you going and she's like baby i'll tell you when we get there and then it's like oh she just sort of bait and switched him can i say though this is the first time lifeline has expressed interest in her well-being outside of being a hero this is the first time he's chased after her this whole point it's been her chasing after him and him saying no 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 she's going to leave and now lifeline's like wait baby i'm down she's she's manipulated him she's got him in the place where he she wants him just like all chicks thank you manipulative crazy and emotional Mm -hmm. and prone to stealing tomahawk helicopters (laughs) and she takes him to the to the rockies she Mm -hmm. takes him to colorado Mm -hmm. hopefully she let him in the helicopter i don't think she did i think he was hanging there the whole time for hours she takes him to the rockies and they enjoy a meal of roasted marshmallows and instant coffee instant coffee but this is the first meal i've made for you Here's the thing. I don't like coffee in, even in the best of circumstances. I'll drink it if I need to. I usually get like a caramel caramel something with right. lots of sugar in it. But like all I can think of in the 80s, instant coffee was like Sanka. Mm. Sanka. That's, that's true. Terrible. Um, I, it's, she's doing the thing that's creepy in a red flag. She's uh, They just started ostensibly dating and she's marking all the first things they're doing together. <laughs> like this is a guaranteed long-term relationship that's ending in marriage. Yeah, so but, we should be marking everything. But look at that sweet, sweet red nightgown shirt thing that oh, she's wearing. Super hot. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's, it's basically a tube. It's amazing. I'm into it. But yeah, it's really a red flag when you're on your first date with somebody and then they say to you like halfway through the date, it, they're just like, that's the first time we've eaten a hamburger together. That's wow, not- thank you. I got them from my hamburger mine. <laughs> it's just, it's a little, it's a little creepy. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, and and uh, G.I. Joe wants to try to find Bree, so they visit uh, Owen Van Mark and he has a wonderful line because if you look at the entire episode from his, his prism, from his sphere, he was out on a nice vacation on his yacht. G.I. Joe blew up the yacht. He went home. Cobra attacks him at home and like threatens his family and destroys his house. So he has no love for anybody. He just wants to be left alone. Yeah, he just wants to cast his vote for Trump. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Uh, but he has a wonderful line about, would you like to come inside and... 
Perhaps you'd like to go upstairs and set fire to my stamp collection. I absolutely love that line a million. Like, that line stayed with me through my entire life. Like, for whatever reason, whenever things bad are happening, sometimes it'll just pop into my head being like, why don't you just come inside and set fire to my stamp collection? Mm-hmm. That is disappointing. Yeah, that's my life yeah. in a nutshell, Chan. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I had a flaw in the plan right here. Can't Cobra just buy his weapons? Why do they need to own the means of production? If he makes top secret high tech weapons that he sells to foreign governments around the world, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. is this guy Tony Stark? Uh, quite possibly. I, I, I think I think you're under, uh, misunderstanding uh, the art of the deal. Yeah, is that you uh, you cow them into submission? Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. take what is yours. And then you leave nothing but a smoking ruin. Then you have sex with their wife. Yes. On top of the smoking ruin. <laughs> <laughs> the smoking ruin of their lives. Mm-hmm. So we're basically, we're at the final two minutes of the episode now. Uh-huh. Uh, they're in the cabin. We need a big snow fight scene at the end. Uh, Lifeline shows that he can get some stuff done. She's got to be so cold in that outfit. She's got no pants on. She's got no pants on. And she's out in the literally like up in the mountains, like snowy she's, mountains. And she's got like a very thin material shirt on that's hanging off her shoulder. I could all I was thinking was she was must have been so cold. Well, he, col- light, he lights her a big fire though, and I really wanted a bunch of people to accidentally catch on fire and all burn to death so that he's haunted for the rest of his days. Oh my days. god! Well, that's horrifying. Like, he's like, here's a nonviolent way to do this. I'm going to b- put a fire circle around our cabin. And then I just wanted like a bunch of them to just not be able to stop their trucks and just go into it and go, ah, why? What kind of monster would do this to us? Oh, my God. We weren't going to hurt anyone. I have a wife and kids at home. My daughter's two days away from graduation. <laughs> That's very sad. It's a very specific poll right Those there. Those poor straddle vipers. <laughs> Man, I was just thinking Cobra blows a hole in the side of the uh, – uh, the cabin, and they're not even close to the cabin yet. They had the element of surprise. They were about ready to start boning. They could have just walked up to the cabin and then just like gone inside and taken care of it. Instead, they let them know they're coming from like a mile away. They need a spectacle, man. They're not Cobra if they don't do spectacle. <laughs> okay, you know what? You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. I'm wrong. And uh, iceberg, uh, iceberg, iceberg does show up, but Lifeline like sets fire and creates a barrier between them. He says, "I won't, I won't cause violence, but I will potentially cause a giant fire that could murder everybody." <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I really wanted it to happen. I'm not a murderer, just an arsonist. <laughs> I'm not a murderer. I'm just pushing this button that sends spinning knives flying yeah. away. It's not my fault. Um, and then Iceberg, this, did you guys notice the gun that he had, which had the different laser settings on it? Uh-huh. Yes, it's like, a, like a Star Trek phaser. Went from stun to max. To max. And he yeah. put it up to max. Iceberg was not fucking around no. at this point in the middle of this uh, uh, snow fight scene. Uh, and, then, and then because it's an episode of G.I. Joe, we got like 60 seconds to wrap this thing up. Mm-hmm. So we end the fight quickly. G.I. Joe routes Cobra. Baroness jumps from one blown up stun in this episode to another one. Mm-hmm. And um, Lifeline and Bree make out. Bree asks maybe she can be a uh, Joe someday. That's it. And he could have been like, I yeah, I mean, this ha- pretty much everyone is. Yeah. Is why like, is she not already a you Joe? You fought Cobra. You're a Joe now. I don't yeah. know if they, you know how the system you, works. You did more than that uh, polar bear back in that one episode <laughs> who slept on our boat. And we just let him be a permanent member of the Joe team. So Dusty's in the corner just being like, one, I just fixed their fridge. <laughs> Two, why am I on the snow mission? <laughs> and boom, that's the end. Episode's over. G.I. Joe wins. Making out. 
Uh, there were a lot of chicks in this episode. We had Scarlet, we had Brie, we had the Baroness. Some point, boring Von Boringson cover girl Good. shows up. Oh, yeah. Cover girl has one line. That was amazing. Mm. Welcome back, cover girl, uh, to no, our hatred. No Bechdel test pass. No. Also, I feel like Lifeline and Cover Girl are well suited for each other. Oh, interesting. Like they they would just go to other people's houses and be like, you know what kind of sandwich bread I really like? <laughs> the uh, uh, it's not. I I used to have the King's Hawaiian bread, but that was a little too risque for me. It was too risque. Now it's just good old fashioned Wonder Bread. It's very underrated. Uh, lots of nutrients. <laughs> that's that's their that's their couple's time at home. If you ever use the word nutrients unironically, I think you are a terrible person. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm judging. Sure, you. I have. I'm sure, sorry, I sorry, have. Gina. I've already prejudged you. <laughs> A lot of nutrients in that. Uh, oh man, I Retson. forgot. I forgot in that retson. Yeah, <laughs> on the certs. Yep, that's that's what I was trying to figure out. I was trying to remember the exact wording, and I lost it. That's <laughs> all good. The glistening stream, or whatever it was. <laughs> and that's glistening million dollar medic, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> nope, not going back to that. Fetish nope. altogether. Nope, nope. Uh, that is million dollar medic, uh, and uh, we have a little bit of contact information we're going to give you, uh, guys. I enjoyed this episode. Having gone back and watched it again, uh-huh. there are flaws. <laughs> there are distinct flaws in it, but I think there's there's a nice heart there, and I do like the role reversal of her chasing after him, uh-huh. and 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 then they found love at the end. They're in. They're married now. I assume. Although, how much older is is he than she? Uh, he's probably like thirty two. I'm guessing she's twenty two. I'm guessing he's thirty two. That's not bad. You can make that work. Yeah, that works. Yeah. I just want to don't want him to be like forty five, and her to be like nineteen. Because mm-hmm. now we're starting to go into like severe creeper territory. Mm, yeah. What? You, what was? No, no, not yet. Yeah. No, that's kind of gross. Yeah, Ray wants it to go into creeper territory. Gina's happy to oblige. <laughs> yeah. Give was, me some more of those orphan Thai boys. Yeah, I was just stuff. dancing around the border. Gina like opened a bordello there. It's not. It's not the best. <laughs> Uh, million Dollar Medic, everybody. A little bit of contact information for the show. You can hit us up at facebook.com slash knowing it's half the podcast or on Twitter at G.I. Joe podcast. Uh, you can always support our Patreon and be a part of the bonus vault and, and suggest episodes to us. And we have an Amazon link thingy on the Facebook page. So if you're going to buy an Amazon, go there and help support us. Uh, individually, you can catch us. I am at Almighty Ray. I'm at 999 I'm at Gina Ippy. What was that, Chan? We've been podcasting all day and it's only going to be longer. So... You want to be in the secret vault because we're about to record the No Zone Conspiracy from Series 2 for Dave Ooh. the Usher. And, yeah, this is this is going to go. I can already tell you this is going off the rails real quick. <laughs> Talk about a glistening stream. Oh, oh yes, you are uh, in many different ways in that episode. So, guys, uh, uh, hit the Patreon up and support us that way. Until then, uh, we'll catch you next week for Know Your Joe. Good night. Don't look over here. Keep your eyes on the road. Got something for you. Take a listen to this.
In the newest Pokemon, they have Score Bunny, which is a starter. What? Yes. Score Score Bunny. So it's it's a Fire Bunny that plays soccer. He kicks balls. He scores. Great. Score like Scorch, I think. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Like goal. Like Score Bunny. <laughs> Rad. There's Score Bunny who uses his mad soccer skills to steal, I think like donuts or something like that. How does he use it, his soccer skills to steal donuts? He kicks it. Oh, yummy. The best part is though, Scorbunny wants to go and follow Ash and go on big adventures. But oh my Ash god, is like, Ash is still the main character of the anime? Yes, where have you been? Yeah, so Ash is like, I'm getting on the train, I'm leaving, Scorbunny. And Scorbunny's like- Is he's 80 years old? That's why he sounds like that? <laughs> Nothing makes donuts taste better than a foot coming in contact with them. <laughs> if you like what you heard and love co-op with your friends, check out Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. That's Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast.